My wife has a, like a high school friend that she's friends with on Facebook, and this gal had 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 uh, put a post on her Facebook page about one of her favorite sayings that she liked so much she had it hanging on the wall in her office and everything. And uh, when when my wife shared that, I thought to myself, you know, that's that's there's wonderful spiritual implications there as well and so uh, we're, we're going to preach from that this morning um, but it, it also comes from what I call two complementary verses in the scriptures and, and so we're going to look at Hebrews 5 2 and then we're going to look at 1 John three seventeen, kind of as a springboard for this this morning Hebrews 5 2 is a, a commentary familiar to you uh, where it references Jesus as our high priest and, and that as our high priest he, he has been touched by anything that would affect our lives as well because he was uh, fully human as much as, as fully God. But Hebrews 5 2 describes uh, Jesus who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And what that that verse tells us is, as even our high priest, Jesus has been touched by anything physical, medical, emotional, whatever, uh, that human beings can be faced with. And and because of that, he he, he understands what we go through and, and can have compassion on us because of that. We'll see that in a little bit. But the second verse also, 1 John 3, 17, uh, is, is a verse that's always struck my heart. It's, it's, it's a, a, a good uh, awareness kind of verse. And 1 John three seventeen says, Whoever has the world's possessions and sees his brother in need and shuts off his heart of compassion against him? How can the love of God reside in such a person? You know, and, and I mean, simply, if, if we lived by that, it, it would be saying, you know, how, how can we, any of us, be benefiting from just the, the blessings of life and see someone who isn't and then not have compassion on that person? And uh, especially if, you know, you're, you're driving through the Twin Cities and we see it a lot more up here even when, when you're maybe in the parking lot at Walmart and, and you see sitting at the entrance to the Walmart, uh, we, in, in Hibbing there's one particular veteran who sits there in his wheelchair and, and he's got a sign that says, any way you can help out, God bless you. You know, and uh, you know, how many times do we think, well, you know, I'm busy right now, I can't stop and, and such. I, I've got a sister who lives in Detroit and she'll go out of her way to find those people sitting, sitting at the curb. And you come to a, a, a stoplight, the light is red and the person standing there with, with their sign and my sister will, will block traffic to go to her purse to get a $20 bill to give to this person, you know? And, and, and these are, you know, what we're talking about this morning, these, these are, are things that fall under the category of, of compassion. Having compassion and, and, and having that kind of heart. Uh, and, and as I said, th- this gal had, had come across this, this saying 
that she had on a poster and posted it on the wall in her office. And it said this. It was entitled, The Essence of Compassion. Resolve to be tender with the young, compassionate with the aged, sympathetic with the striving, and tolerant with the weak and wrong. Because sometime in your life, you will have been all of these. You know, and, and it rings so true. Uh, maybe every one of us in this room today could say, well, you know, bless God, I'm, I'm at a better place today than I have been in my life. Or I'm at a better place today than I was six months ago. And, and if we can say that, that number one, that's an awesome thing. But number two, we've got to realize there could be a person sitting next to us or across from us who would be saying, today I'm, I'm kind of at a, a worse place in my life than I've been. And, and if we can say of our own selves, bless God for where I am today and still have a heart for that person across the aisle and say, you know, God, how, how can I be a blessing to them or an, or an encouragement to them? That's where it gets wonderful because as it says, we will be there someday in our lives or we've been there someday in our lives. I, before I went into the ministry, uh, I was in the ministry, or am, I don't know, <laughs> for 30 plus years, but I did 10 years in the mines before that as well too. Uh, when I did my 10 years in the mines, I never worked 52 weeks straight ever. And there were a couple of times where, where I, was, I was at 51 weeks laid off and got called back. And, and many times, you know, for, you know, 20 weeks, 30 weeks or something like that. So the years I worked in the mines, I, I, I never received a full salary. And then my mind shut down. We, we, we were working on a, uh, uh, on a plan uh, back in that day. We were working on a mining plan for the, up to the year 2025. And, and we were doing estimates on ore and stripping and all these kinds of things. And we were working on our, our maps and our charts. And it's Friday, Friday afternoon. We're winding things up and everything. And uh, we, we, uh, we come in the next Monday morning and they said, by the way, we're, we're done this week. The, the mine's closed. And, and so I, I went from having a job I, I loved and, and was satisfied with to not having employment. And then from there, I ran the gamut on everything, either living on nothing, living from welfare, standing in the cheese lines to get the cheese, or um, living on uh, uh, just uh, what, whatever I could scrounge in, in the way of, of work. And uh, for, for a, a time period, we, we lived on my remodeling our neighbor's houses. And I, I had a neighbor one day that came and said, you know, because I, 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 I had built a house. And, and, and he lived like kitty corner from me. And he says, he says obviously, you have some skills. I, I need my closet remodeled. Could you remodel my closet or, or my foyer or something? And so I would do it, you know, and, and, and get a little something from it. There, there was one summer there where, where a lot of what I was paid, I was paid in Coca-Cola. <laughs> and and, 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 and uh, in those years, Coke had a contest going and, and these were bottles, 
and and you could twist off the cap and inside the cap you could win other six packs or 12 packs or cases of coke and and i basically lived for that you know <laughs> I, I i i i i would open up five bottles just to see if i could get five more you know six packs of coca cola uh one one guy paid me in his car he 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 said uh he says i've i've got a 71 ford station wagon would you be willing to accept that as as payment and uh i did and 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 one guy had said uh, i've got two speakers for my stereo would would you accept that you know and and so for years you know that 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 time frame and everything uh i I lived, you know, this kind of life, and I still don't know how it all happened. And then I know the one, the one season we were on welfare, I ended up getting a job finally, starting work, and then I got a notice from welfare saying, we want our money back from last month. And so, so we, we had to pay them back, you know. But, but what we're talking about is, 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 is to have a heart, a heart of compassion for people that are experiencing that, possibly because you have been there or with the possibility that, but for the grace of God, there one day would go I. And, and so in looking at these things here mentioned, I want to talk about, about the various characters that are mentioned here and the characteristics that are mentioned here. And then, then we'll close and we'll move into communion time. <clears throat> but, but the scriptures that we read, Hebrews 5.2, uh, 1 John 3.17, these scriptures reference people, the kinds of people we're supposed to have a heart of compassion towards. The scriptures reference that, as does this poster that this gal had in her office. It also references them, and we're, we're kind of going to see how they, they tie in together with each other. So, so what the scriptures say is that we are supposed to have compassion for the ignorant, for uh, them who are out of the way, and for those in need. Those scripture verses talked about those groups of people. And so I want to describe those groups of people kind of in, in our vernacular. And, and, uh, and then we'll go on uh, to, to see further descriptions from the poster as, as well. The, uh, the poster says we're supposed to have compassion on the young, the aged, those who are striving, the weak, and the wrong. Those are the, are, are the groups of people. And, and so in all of that, in looking at, at these terms or these, these terminologies, we have the ignorant, okay? Um, don't get confused that we're not talking about stupid people, okay? The, the, the ignorant could be those who, who are, are more uh, feeble-minded than others. You know, we, we all know someone uh, who is em- emotionally challenged or mentally challenged or something? Uh, they're they're dear hearts, they're sweet sweethearts. You know, we 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 love being around them, but but they do not fully comprehend uh, all all of the realities of life and and operate that way. So the ignorant could be those who are are somewhat feeble minded, but as well, ignorant refu- uh, refers to those who do not yet know the Lord. 
They, they are ignorant in their spiritual state. And, and, and so we certainly want to understand that we can a- a- apply compassion to those who are not yet uh, living for Christ, as, as well as those who are, are, are believers and such. So we, we have those people. We have those who are out of the way. What that translates to in, in the Greek is basically those who have wandered, those who have erred. And, and every time I write err, it's E-R-R. You want to get stuck on er, you know, those who have erred. But, but those who wander from the faith, that we should have compassion on them. How many times do we just want to instead just be ticked off at somebody who wanders from the faith? We now call them ignorant, that, that stupid idiot you know, how could they walk away from this relationship with the Lord? And, 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 and so we, we want to have compassion on, on, on those who, who wander off. And, and, and bless God, most times people only wander off for a season, you know. Uh, uh, those in need, and, and that's basically those who lack basic necessities. Uh, we, we went to a public function a while back, and, and there was this gal... Uh, you wouldn't define her as homeless, but you would define her as not having all of the basic needs uh, 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 available to her. And, and she, was, she was coming down the, the line of people and asking for a, a seat, asking for a chair. And everybody said, no, 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 no. And, and even those people, all they would have had to have done was moved over a seat or something like that. She came to me and I just said, yeah, of course, you know. And, and so she sat down and when she sat down, you could tell this was a gal who hadn't had availability of a shower facilities and things for, for a while, you know. And, and, uh, and, and yet it just blesses my heart, you know, to know that that someone can be kind to a person like that. Uh, the, 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 the greatest example I've ever seen uh, of that type of a thing would be those who are nurses and the nurses who volunteer to clean up the patients who have lived that kind of a rough life. Uh, where, you know, I mean, nurses deal with patients who have not bathed in six months nine months, a year, you know. And, and when I come across a, a nurse or a gal who works in the nursing home or something, and she or he will volunteer to help uh, take care of those people, that to me is, that's, 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 that's true faith, and, and it's, it's in reality, it's heroism, you know. And, and so I'm always blessed by that. But we come across people who don't, have the availability of even basic necessities. Um, and, and, and so uh, we, we see, again, these kinds of people. We see the young, that speaks for itself, uh, being kind and, and, and compassionate out of the aged, that speaks for itself. Those who are striving, and, and we'll see this again later on, but, but, but striving is, is, is coming across anybody who has just an uphill fight. On, on, on anything, you know? Uh, those who are striving, they don't need a handout, but they need a hand up. You've, you've heard that said before, you know? Those who are, are striving. Those who are weak, uh, people are physically weak, medically weak, emotionally weak. The, the King James word, I think, would be infirm and, and, and uh, 
uh, again, to and, and many of us in our own families or, or family members are, suffer those, those kinds of things. Um, the, the one, I guess in a weird way, I enjoy the most is where it says that we are supposed to be compassionate on those who are wrong. Okay? Now, if you're like me, you find yourself always right. <laughs> you know? And whoever this person is that you're with, unfortunately, they are wrong. You know? And, and to, to, to come across these people and be compassionate uh, is, is you're coming across someone who's argumentative, maybe. Someone who is combative, and that's even a little greater degree of, of, of roughness. Someone who is hostile, and I liked that word when I came across that word, because we do find people that, that are hostile, uh, and, and, and those who are wrong, and I can't find a, a, a real good word to describe this, but somebody who is just contradictory. It, regardless of what side you stand on, they're going to stand on the opposite side. And, and it may be only because you're a believer. Because you're a believer, I'm going to stand on this side of the issue. And it, it could be any one of, of, of today's social issues or moral issues or something. But unfortunately, you, you know, in, in, in most situations, somebody has to be right and somebody has to be wrong. And, and they're never always fully right. Or fully wrong, but but you can usually attach uh, a greater measure of responsibility to one party or the other. And Scripture even takes care of that. It says we're supposed to have compassionate uh, compassion on on those who just want to aggravate us, uh, probably even intentionally sometimes. So we see the kinds of of people that we're supposed to have this compassion on. Now, is it not easy to have compassion on somebody who's a sweetheart? And is it not hard to have compassion on somebody that you could call them a jerk? Okay? And, and I have, I have a, a, a descriptive way of doing that. I would, I would call that person a jerk in the Lord. Okay? Because sometimes people even need a slap in the Lord. You know? And, and uh, I, I say that, of course, tongue-in-cheek. But, uh, and, and, and the, the oldest saying, we were talking about that this morning, is, is that you can say anything you want about somebody, even if it's totally mean, if they're from down south, because you end by saying, bless their heart. You know? And so perhaps you've seen that, you know? Uh, this guy, he is the biggest jerk. He, he, is, he, is, he is so self-concerned and conceited. He thinks he's God's gift to humanity. I really can't stand the guy. Bless his heart. <laughs> you know? And, and so I, I want to go on record as saying that's not compassion. Okay? And, and we'll be challenged by that at the end here too. Um, so we see ourselves in this as well. Because we've got to come to a place of honesty where we can say, okay, when, when I check in with God, I, I usually feel I'm, I'm doing somewhat okay. Or we might say, when I check in with God, boy, I, I discover I got a long ways to go. Or we might say, when I check in with God, I have not yet begun to, to even get to where I'm supposed to be. So our ultimate challenge today, even through communion, will, will be, God, can I have that heart of compassion? 
You know, can, can I be more Christ-like in that sense? But we see ourselves here in this. So I want to suggest to you that we, we kind of have to make uh, a, a list. We, we have to make an effort. We have to make a choice or a decision. We have to come up with this idea of having a be nice to list. You know? Where, where you can say, God, okay, this is the kind of person who's always rubbed me the wrong way. I've got to get to a place of compassion where I put them on my be nice to list. Or maybe even be extra nice to list. Or there might be someone that we don't have a lot of patience with. And so we say, God, maybe I need to put them on my cut them some slack list. Okay? Now, I think that's a good idea. To, to have that kind of a thought process, but it demands that we have another list. And that list, which I, I am saying you are not allowed to make, we cannot make a list for those I don't want to be nice to. Okay? Those I could be extra mean to or something. Don't go there. Don't make that list. We only get to work from one side of the equation on this. So, so now... Now that we, we see all of this, how do we really begin to exercise it and, and incorporate it in our lives and everything? I, I, I said, uh, how do we feel about others around us? How should we feel about others around us? Uh, whether they are coworkers fellow students, friends, strangers, family members, even church family members. How should we feel about them? You know, because sometimes as Christians, we have this little saying that we don't use all the time. Well, I, I, I have to love you, but I don't have to like you. <laughs> you, you know? And... and Hopefully we graduate to the place where we want to love them, not have to love them, you know. Uh, but, but the example I see, at, at least in one illustration I can give, is, is the, the idea of grandchildren. Now, Pastor Lisa, uh, you had that little picture up there from, <clears throat> from uh, Facebook. And, and, and the way that was captioned in Facebook was a person who had just posted something saying... Why is it I live in, in Minnesota? You know, with the cold weather and the snow. And then that picture was underneath it saying, this is why. Okay. And, and so that's, that's the snake thing. But, but how do we understand compassion? And I would dare say, even the worst person in the world has at least one button somewhere in his heart or his personality that, that tugs on his, his heartstrings or, or his compassion uh, quotient or something, at, at least one. But almost anybody would agree that grandchildren is one of those buttons. That, that how, how, do, how do we uh, really operate or understand compassion? We can in some way when we start to look at our grandkids. So you had posted that thing. On, on, on the screen. What I wanted to do was start posting videos of our granddaughter, you know, and, 
And uh, you would say, well, that's all nice and fine, Pastor John, but we don't need videos every week of your granddaughter, and we don't need videos of your family vacation or anything. But when, when our daughter got married, sorry, Court, when, when our daughter got married, she, she was happy to not have kids, not, not ever have kids. It didn't matter to her. But she married a guy that, that has uh, three siblings. His, his mom has like eight siblings. His dad has like nine siblings. So he was perfectly happy to have a whole quiver full of, of, of children, you know. And, and so when they got married, she kind of said, not quite this harsh or anything, but she, she basically said, I will contract with you for one child. I, I won't go, you know, past that. But then once she did that, she tried to delay it as long as she could, you know. And, and they, they were married, I think, at, at, at one stage, they were married about 12 or 13 years. And she finally... She finally says, okay, well, maybe now I will live up to my my contract with you so we could maybe try to have a a child. And she thought, well, that should give me six months or a year or something. And she was pregnant the next month, you you know. Um, But but so so she had this this daughter and our our granddaughter. And all through this process, my, my wife was suffering from grandmother deprivation. (laughs) And I have enough siblings where I saw them become grandparents or friends who became grandparents. And and, and, um, uh, so they were always like, well, you know, grandparenting is the greatest thing in the world and all this kind of stuff. And and I was like, seriously, honestly, I was well, I can take it or leave it. I'll be happy to be a grandpa or, or... if not, if if not. Now, I had a potential to be a very young grandfather. I, I could have been a grandfather at practically 50 or something. And now, now instead, I'll be going to our granddaughter's graduation probably with my walker, you, you know. <laughs> and, and, and I only have my daughter, our daughter, to thank for that. But... Uh, but lo and behold, I discovered, I, you know, it's not that I, I just absolutely love being a grandpa, but... but I, I am probably a doting grandpa, you know. I, I look at the other grandpa, and I just wonder, well, I wonder if he's as crazy as I am, you know, with, with, with our granddaughter. But, like, I, I mean, I can't, I can't wrap my arms around her tight enough. Uh, and she is a grandpa's girl. When... when we go to visit, dad can come home from work and he'll be like, I haven't seen you all day, come and see me. She's 14 months. And he'll pick her up and she'll look at me and say, Grandma. You know? and, and so maybe that's the fruits of it, the, the reward of it. But, but y- you know, for, for any of us, what's, what's the saying with grandchildren? Well, grandchildren are the greatest. Why are they the greatest? Why are they the greatest? Because you can give them back. You know, you, 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 can, you can have them when you want them, and when you don't want them, just give them right back. I thought as a grandpa, every time it came time for a diaper change, I would give the baby back. But I've discovered after 30, 35 years, I got just right back into the swing of changing diapers again, you know. It would be like, go ahead, time me, you know, or something. 
<clears throat> but 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 so I, I I found out that 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 I love being a grandpa again. Uh, grandparents, grandkids. Why do you, why are grandkids so great? Uh, because it gives me a chance to get even with my kids, you know, <laughs> and and make them suffer, you know, what what they cause me to suffer as as their parent, you know, like that. But what's the real reason? that grandparents love being grandparents? I believe it's because when you're a grandparent, it awakens within you emotions you forgot about. It awakens within you emotions you haven't experienced in 20 or 30 years, you know? My wife has a a, a full right to be able to, to look at me and say, I see you with our granddaughter and, and how you dote on her and, and how you love her and how she's so sweet and so precious. Where's that guy been the last 30 years? <laughs> you know, she, she has full right and full license to be able, because sometimes I even say, how can I do this with Coco? That's our granddaughter. How can I do this with Coco? And then like, I'm this jerk you know, that, that she had to be stuck married to for, for 30 years, you know. And, and, and so we, we understand this compassion. And really it boils down to what we'd call love, you know. Um, and, and so in, in looking at this, we, we don't maybe have a definition of Christ-like compassion, but we would certainly have a description of it or, or an illustration of it. Because again, in, in what we're talking about this morning, we are, we are called to be tender. And, and, and so with tenderness, I looked for another word. It's, it's just simply gentleness, being gentle, you know, and how many times do we, and maybe you don't, and I'm the only guilty party, but how many times do we lose that gentleness and that tenderness with our spouses or, or our children, you know? And, and, and we forget about it. And, and we know it's a Christ-like quality that, that we can have or, or we're supposed to have. So we're supposed to be tender and, 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 and gentle and, and sensitive, you know, if, uh, if we, we, we look at the, the idea of being sensitive, we might simply just say, well, how would I like to be treated in that? You know, how, how would I like it if somebody said that to me or spoke to me that way or treated me that way? <clears throat> so what we're talking about there is simply the golden rule. You know, do unto others. And, and, and uh, to, to simply remind ourselves of that. We're supposed to be sympathetic towards those who are striving. Sympathetic is, is, is where, where you, you feel for them. Whereas there's a word empathetic, this is your vocabulary lesson for today. Empathet- empathetic is you've been through it yourself. So you don't just understand you know, you don't just feel sorry, but, but you understand you've been there. You've, you've experienced that pain or, 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 or that struggle or something. So we're supposed to be tender. We're supposed to be sympathetic, empathetic. We're supposed to be tolerant. I hate that word. 
I've, I've grown to hate that word in the last 10 years or whatever. Um, and, and, and so for, for tolerant, I like better the word patient. I, I like better the word understanding. Because, because tolerant is not to be confused with the word accepting. I'm accepting of it, you know? And, and, and so uh, you, you can pick your sin or you can pick your vice. And, and you can say of that kind of a person, maybe that person is egotistic. Maybe that person cheated on their, their spouse or something. And you are not supposed to be accepting of that. But you are supposed to understand, especially as believers, we're supposed to understand, we're supposed to be patient with them, not write them off, not ride them, but be patient with them, love them through the process of becoming who they need to become once again, you know, and and. That is, that's tolerant, I guess, if there's a healthy definition of it. But, but, but I love the, the being patient and the understanding and everything. That kind of fits the category of cut them some slack. You know, that, 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 that we have to understand uh, that, that their vice or their sin might be this, but who, who am I to condemn them uh, for it when my vice is, is that? You know, and and so in all of that, we close uh, with just a, a simple thought. What I what I'd like to do every Sunday is give you two or three things to think about. Say, okay, I get that point, I, I get that understanding. So I'll just take that with me and kind of remember that. Uh, last week, if you're here, remember we we, we talked about God having a, a big big broad plan for you and a very specific plan for you. And, and, and I had challenged you. I said, uh, if you can, like God would love for you to do something spiritual this week. You know, just do something spiritual, something that's going to grow you in your, in your faith life. And, and why should why we say, okay, well, God, I got a week to handle that. Last week we said, why not do it in two to three days instead? Or why not do it that afternoon? So, and, and ultimately what we said was, why not every week this year? Once a week, let's pick one thing we can do to grow spiritually. That'd be 52 times we would just specifically say, God, I'm going to do this just to grow a little bit this week, you know? And, and so today, what do we take from this? What we take is, is in actuality what we're talking about. We're talking about the fruits of the Spirit, you know, gentleness, meekness, these kinds of things. This, this compassion is a fruit of the Spirit. And here's how I want us to understand that. As believers, the fruit of the Spirit, this compassion, gentleness, this, this patience, uh, this sensitivity and, and everything, this is, as believers, this is in our DNA, you know, when, when we come to Christ, we become a new creature. And, and part of that new creature is, is this God stuff that now becomes a part of our DNA. Uh, my DNA would say that I've, I've got some Swedish, some French, some German, some Lithuanian, 
You know, my DNA would, would say that. But my Christ DNA would say, I've got, I've got some Jesus and I've got some Holy Spirit and, and I've got some Father God in me. It's, it's my DNA and as a believer. I can't do anything about that uh, and, and, and I should embrace that. So you, you are here this morning with a reconstructed spiritual DNA that is all about Christ and Christ-likeness and, and Christ-compassion in, in all of this. So the, the first thing we've got to understand is, is, is that it's, it's in our DNA, it's, it's locked in, and, and here's how I've described it. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, when it comes to p- compassion, having compassion, which I believe is a choice for us, God doesn't have to grow us to the place of having compassion. It's in our DNA. And when it comes to that, this compassion is not like buying a new car. Where you get to choose which options you want with it. I'm going to get the new car, so I think I want heated seats and heated mirrors. And and I want the thermometer and the dashboard, you know. I'm going to select my, my options. Our, 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 our spiritual DNA is not an option or a, 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 a list of options from which we get to pick and choose. We must simply choose to demonstrate compassion as part of our standard equipment. It's, it's, it's automatic that, that we have this. And we must allow God to bring back to our hearts those emotions we forgot about or haven't experienced in 30 years. Maybe the day you got saved, you loved everybody in the world. You were ready to put a daisy down the barrel of an M16 or something because you came to Christ, you had nothing but love and, and, and openness and, and that maybe you haven't experienced that in the last 30 years. So today, simply, let's understand that Christ-like compassion is a built-in standard equipment in our spirit person. And, and especially today during uh, celebrating the Lord's Supper, let's be prayerful about, God, can you get me back to that place? where I have those feelings, that heart of compassion, that I maybe haven't felt in a long time, or that, that I forgot about. or Because I've been around the block as a Christian for so many years now, I can handle picking and choosing how I want to deal with people and accept people and, and love them. Be, because we have, we have Christ in us. We are in Christ. We have the nature of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit speaking to us about that. And and it's it's standard equipment. And all we have to do is start using it. Rather than waiting and maybe saying, God has to bring me there. He's got to get me to that place. So we're going to close this segment off with a word of prayer. And then we'll move into communion time. Okay, let's pray.